0: Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Catherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Paulistina. And today we are talking to the talent booker of Westside, the miserable Mrs. Madison, Felicia Madison. Woo! Yay! Hi, guys.
1: Thank you so much for having me. That's such a great idea.
0: Thank you for coming. Oh my gosh, this is so so excited you're here. I wish
1: my my kids were that excited to see me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're here for you always. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so to get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, how did you get started in comedy, anything you want to share about your background?
1: Well, I was born in the most miserable, horrible part of New York, um, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> born and raised there, always wanted to live in New York. Uh, moved to New York and uh, been doing stand up comedy there for quite some time. Um, and I'm now uh, booking Westside Comedy Club. And, you know, generally, that's the short story of my boring life. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys want more details? <laughs> no, <that's great. laughs> it's not very exciting, so we'll keep it short and brief.
0: <laughs> it's all very exciting. It's great. <laughs> um, so, what were you doing? So, you moved to New York. What was what were you doing in comedy? Like, what was your life in comedy like pre-pandemic?
1: So, pre-pandemic, I was just starting to book Westside Comedy Club. I had been working at Westside Comedy Club for a while, doing the new talent um, program. And then they just hired me uh, in January 2020 to book and it was going really well. We had a lot of great shows and it was culminating. I was super excited. I think it was March 14th. We were having Sarah Silverman on the show, which was like a huge big deal. And I was so excited. And literally the Wednesday before was like when everything started to that Wednesday before that Thursday shows when everything started to lock down. And we had to cancel it. And it was so <laughs> depressing. And we we actually, we were one of the first clubs to shut down and cancel. A lot of clubs had stayed open um, for a week or two after. But we had a lot of people working for us that had older parents. And it was just, just wasn't worth it. Um, so, yeah, I was busy working at the club, busy doing stand-up, and really just trying to make a go of, of comedy in the club
0: it's so interesting to hear where people were right before when it's like oh this is about to happen never it's, mind so many
1: people were like that i just have so many friends and so many people were like oh i was like on the cusp of greatness and then it yeah. all just disappeared yeah and we, and we all migrated and went into our little huts for like two <laughs> years and it's going to be very interesting to see how we all come out i remember i remember i don't know if you remember the i i started a, um, uh, Instagram page on all the social media quarantine memes, and I since, since deleted it because it was like over. But I remember the beginning ones where they had the the women with like the long hair and the gray hair and the frizzy hair, and we were like going to come out like as, as ca- <laughs> we we're going to come out as cavemen. And hey, we all we all figured it out how to blow dry our hair and cut our nails, and we survived. <laughs> It's true. I it
0: mean, is, it is so wild though too, because like, I feel like now we're, we're still in a pandemic, obviously. I'm not like everybody's fine and we're all done, but like, and we've been in this world where it's like somewhat normal for a while. It's like fun to kind of fun and sad to think back on like March, 2020 when It was like, I remember I just, I sat in my house and like did nothing all day, you know, like it, it was kind of it was a super, super weird time. I watched more stand-up probably than I ever have in my life. Of like, like I went through like Wikipedia has a has a link of like every Netflix special and I was just like marking them off. Um so I
1: think that I think Netflix has done very, very well in 2020.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think we're all universally agreed on that.
1: <laughs> For sure. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so you were booking at Westside everything was going well and then you seem to have adapted very well to the pandemic like Carly and I were saying before this when we were prepping we were like like Westside and your group F Comedy Club have done very well like we're one of the groups that we thought adapted the best in the pandemic uh so how did you you know take this crown of adapting well what did you do when everything shut down?
1: um well i cried for a week (laughs) and after that no i really i i took a week or two to kind of see what the landscape was going to be like and what people were doing and what was going to happen and i started to notice um that a lot of people were you know doing zoom stuff and i i hooked up with someone else that had another platform uh, similar to zoom and a little better which didn't work out but Um, I started doing things uh, online. I just felt like we were going to be in this for the long haul. And I I had always thought that, um, you know, social media and online comedy was a little bit of the wave of the future. So I'd always kind of been interested in that. Um, But I started doing my mics online. I started doing things to help comedians and then we started producing shows. Um, And I think It it was interesting to see what happened because the younger comedians were really the pioneers in this. Uh, They were the ones that went online, went on social media, whereas the more experienced comedians were like, I'll just bunker down and write and figure it out. And I'm not doing Zoom shows. Um, And it was just interesting to see as the as the pandemic wore on these other more experienced comedians started to realize that if they didn't join the bandwagon, they were going to get left behind or this was what it was going to be like for a year. And so when you started getting the, the more experienced comics on the shows, they actually weren't as good as the younger comics because the younger comics had already figured out how to do a Zoom show. It was a little bit of an adaptation. And you, you would have like this experienced comics on like flustered or like, oh, that didn't work or whatever, Um, but that was sort of interesting. But I found that it was, uh, the pandemic was a great equalizer in that respect. You know, it got all the comedians on the same level. And even personally for myself, one of my um, goals was always to do a talk show. And in the real world, that was impossible because you would need a studio and a, a whole film crew and to compete with what was going on in the real world. But in the pandemic world where, you know, you had Saturday night live filming on zoom and the view and all the daytime shows, we were all equal. So we were all sort of doing the same thing. So I started a, um, a daytime talk show called broadish with three other female comedians that we did for an entire year. and was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we just sort of now that we're coming back into the real world, have disbanded it a little bit for now, um, which brings me to the point. It's going to be interesting to see out of all the things that have been created in the pandemic, what's going to stick, what's going to drop and what's going to, you know, move forward.
0: What do you think is going to stick?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, um, I think it's going to stay around. I think it's just not going to be as powerful as it has been, obviously. I think there's listen, you know, we adapted. I said, you know, I've I've did comedy on the grass. I've done it on a computer. I've done it, you know, on the street. You know, I do not like it on the grass. I do not like it on the zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I like it on the stage with an audience. There's nothing like it. Can it work? The other ways? Yes. Like we did one of the things we did during the pandemic is we did uh, outside comedy on the street of West Side Comedy Club. We literally brought the club out onto the street. We brought the tables, the chairs, the lighting, the stage. And it was incredible. It was a, it was just like a New York moment. It was it was really uh I was super proud of it. It unfortunately got shut down by the lousy garage next to us, but that's another story. Ah. Um, And it was great. It was great. And everyone loved it. And it was like the next best thing to being on stage, but there's still nothing that can replicate the feeling of being on stage. It's the reverberation of the laughter in the room. That is what makes everything so excited. And that's just lost everywhere else. You know, one thing I, I, it's, you know, comedy is, you know, people talk about, you know, finding their voice. It's not just the story and what they want to say. It's their actual voice. Like your voice is a um, is a musical instrument and it it's the vocal cords of the strings and they ver- reverberate out into the room and they actually give people feelings and they feel a certain way based upon that. And that's just lost when you're not in four walls in a room that kind of captures it. And yeah. of course the laughter coming back is not capturing So That's a long story. The short story is, I think, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, I think it's here to stay. You can already see some things dropping off. Um, and I think it's going to be, I think the real future could be, and it's something we're dabbling with a little bit at Westside is a hybrid model, uh, mm-hmm. live streaming shows from Westside comedy club for the people they can't get out or can't be there or, you know, just are sick or or just are at home. I think there's a model for that. Um, but I think for comedy in general, uh, more of the bigger comedians are nervous about stuff like that because they're very proprietary about their work and they don't want it recorded and sent out there and all that yeah. stuff. Um, so I think it will stay in some sort of format. And like you said, we're not over the pandemic, so I think we might ebb and flowing in and out of quarantine so it might come back
0: <laughs> unfortunately I actually have a funny carly has another question for you but before that i have a fun anecdote for you my aunt and uncle live very close to west side comedy and walked by one of your sidewalk shows and afterwards they were like "Do you know this club it's so cool <laughs> 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 and i was like yeah I, I know of them yeah they're like can you do one of those shows those, that was great <laughs> oh
1: yeah you know it's funny that was that was one of the best things about it because we were a new club we were only open two years before we went into the pandemic and there's not a lot of signage out on the street so it was very good for the club but people were like is this a club is there yeah. a club here i never knew <laughs> yeah. uh, and we had people on the sidewalk like we had we sold out all the shows and we had people around, this, around just watching for free. And sort of last minute, I put out um, a little donation bin um, because it was all done by my new talent program. All the F Comedy new up-and-coming talents all donated their time to make this happen. Um, and so we collected money and it was enough to go around to, to pay all of them. Um, but it was just, it was... Um, It was just amazing to see like hundreds of people like standing around watching the show and clapping, and it was a real feel-good moment. And I kind of joked around that you know that when the neighbors started complaining, that you know, no more happy pop banging people in New York, we're back, baby, to (laughs) complaining. New York City is back. All these grumpy, complaining New Yorkers.
0: (laughs) We wouldn't want it any other way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was funny just to see also people like react like, uh, you know, to to the environment, the comedians, their quick wit of, you know, you you think that they've seen everything, but they have not been on the stage with like an ambulance going by or like a dog barking at them. (laughs) And the funny that came out of it was was really amazing. Um, just people you know, saying, ah, this is my favorite street to perform on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, we've been resilient and uh, it's it's been good. You know, it's funny when I started out, uh, everyone was like, don't do pandemic jokes because they're not going to, you know, not going to last. Little did we know we'd be like two years in still doing quarantine pandemic jokes. <laughs> But I I am noticing, like, I did come up with a whole new set on the pandemic, but I'm noticing now that we're back in the clubs, and people don't want to hear about it, you know, it's like, it's over, it's done, it's like, I feel like we all should do a pandemic special and just put it in a little, (laughs) you know, box to uh, have, like, as a a look, a moment in time to look back.
0: Totally. (laughs) Just something that's like, okay, here all of them are. yeah. time capsule (laughs)
1: exactly a time capsule for the pandemic remember we'll show our kids remember
0: (laughs) no west side overall like it really has been so resilient in so many ways but also with the um bouncing back with the zoom mics were you one of where did you get the idea to do them and I only ask because had you been hearing it because from my perspective you were the first I was finding overall.
1: Yeah, you know, I actually I would say the first person I know that did it was an F comedy person, Amy Veltman. You okay. know Amy. Yeah, yeah. She did one that lasted throughout the whole pandemic. And I was talking to her about it. And I had been, you know, I was thinking about it and I I, I was working with this other platform um that seemed pretty promising that just couldn't get its act together. Um, and then I switched to Zoom, and uh, the first thing I did was a Zoom uh, micathon, and it was like a 24-hour mic uh, where I had comedians come on and give uh, feedback to other comedians because that's a big thing that I do for F Comedy Club, our feedback mics so we had like brian scott mcfadden and aaron berg and uh i think we i think we had gary Goldman, <laughs> and we did we were i was trying to raise some money um and i did raise some money um to help people out but i actually was pretty surprised to find that um and i guess because we could thank the u.s government for this that a lot of people were not really in dire need That's the one surprise from the whole thing was i was expecting a lot more um, grief in the comedy community, and we all, I have to say, Did really well. It was a really resilient group of people. We all the funniest thing about stand up. And I know you guys are going to laugh because you're doing it right now is all these grown adult comedians that moved home and were doing their open mics in their childhood bedrooms (laughs) (laughs) and when it came to like it came to like a sex kind of joke, they'd like whisper into the mic. (laughs) It's like my mom's in the other room. I got to whisper this joke.
0: So Honestly, true. I I think in a lot of ways I <laughs> personally I'm rel- I'm pretty clean to begin with, but I think yeah. it made me it pushed me so far on the side of being like all of my stuff's pretty squeaky clean. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I am in my home. <laughs> yeah, I can't say anything bad like. Um, oh. my god, the amount of shows sad. my mom would be like, "Are you are you on a call? What do you want for dinner? Here what are you?" What? I'm like in the middle of a set. <laughs> like <laughs> mom go away.
1: Yeah. And, and for me. per for me personally, unrelated to comedy, I got my whole family together uh in the pandemic. We all lived together for most of the pandemic, which was a real gift cuz I'm, now I'm a, an empty nester. Um so I got like this extra um you know prize of being able to, I, mean, I don't think they they thought of it as a booby prize. I thought of it as like I won the academy award just <laughs> okay. to be to be together with your family and having that time was like a super special thing
0: there really was something about it where it's like we would have been kind of like scattered to corners of the earth by now like we would not have been together for all this time and now it's it's been a while and we're like okay
1: it's time <laughs>
0: we, we, we say tmft which is too much family time right <laughs> And that's where we're at now. Um, but at the time, we we're like, you know what? This is because you, because also there's no, there was no other option. You're like, you know what? This right. is great. I'm happy to be here. Um, right. Not like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I think, I think it, it was good. And I think now that we're going out into the world, it's great. I think if we have to come back to this, we're all going to be like PTSD, like, no, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> it was good. It was a moment. I can't do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um so kind of se- segueing off of this. Um so we we talked a little about F comedy and West Side. They kind of seem like they're one and the same but also different. Could you tell us a little bit about like how F comedy came to be and how they kind of merged or
1: So yeah, so I started I started doing open mics uh, in the basement of a restaurant on the Upper West Side with another actually mom com, and we did it, um, we did it at noon on Friday, so that was my original mic, and the concept was you know as mothers it's challenging Uh, I think for women in general it's challenging. And we really just couldn't be out at night because that's when our kids were home and we needed to be there for homework and blah, blah, blah. And they're in school all day. So we started this new mic, just thinking we'd get like some moms. And it turned to be like out to be a super successful mic. We got like a lot of really great comedians that were in town for the weekend or serious comedians that didn't have jobs. Uh, and it became like a family. And then I started doing shows there. And it, uh, just around that time when the restaurant was closing, I was looking for a new place to do my mics, which is when I met the West Side Comedy Club people. And they weren't doing mics at the time. And I asked them if we could do mics there. So we started doing mics there. And they were super successful. Uh, and I was doing some shows there, which were super successful. And at that time, the, um, their new talent person just wasn't working out. So the booker of the club at the time uh, asked me if I wanted to start the new talent division. And we'd we'd been playing around with um with some of the people about what we should call it. You know, I wanted a, like new talent and we couldn't come up with a name. We just decided as a placeholder, we do F comedy club for Felicia. We like the FCC <laughs> concept and we I just never came up with another name. <laughs> so it just kind of, it just kind of stuck. Um, and then they just became super successful. And I really, I really wanted to, as a, as a new comic also at the time, you know, I hated the bringer model concept and really wanted to make a better bringer uh, for comedians that were like, beyond the bringer but like not quite past yet I always said you'd like you do the bringer shows and then you get sick of it then you produce shows and do other things for like six years and then you eventually hopefully get past. I wanted to provide something in that middle area to like I call it I call that area like the desert and f comedy is like the water to nourish you along as you get to your goal um so I was doing that for a really long time and I developed the program where you know, you'd work, I'd work with comedians and provide an opportunity for them to perform and also potentially get passed at the club. And I passed like four or five comedians that have some, two of them have gone on to uh, be passed at the cellar now. Um, and Sarah cooper actually started with f comedy club and she's you know famous now not that i had anything to do with it but she was part of the program um and it was so successful and then the booker had a, had to a leave uh for COVID reasons and she moved to florida so they asked me to take over and um that's you know how it how it started and then after with covid the owners sort of like have moved away so now i'm running the whole club so it's just been uh the moral of the story is like don't hire me because everyone on top of me just kept falling away <laughs> <laughs> and i just kept moving up it was sort of a miracle the miracle of covid
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so really it's just kind of morphed into you're you're running both
1: well, it's interesting because I guess the original question was F Comedy Club versus Westside Comedy Club. So F Comedy Club was a distinct part of West Side Comedy Club. It was the new talent program at West Side Comedy Club. So now that I'm running West Side Comedy Club and I'm doing both, um, I'm thinking about morphing it together. But for now, F Comedy is like the new talent program at Westside Comedy Club. And um, I, I really, I enjoy, and I think I'm good at it, uh, finding new talent and nurturing new talent and molding them and helping them, um, you know, grow and find their voice and move forward. Uh, it's kind of hard, you know, being the booker and the new talent person because I find myself like, with established talent being like, Oh, I have an idea for you. And I'm like, Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, um, you know, Bill Burr, I have some, I have some suggestions for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, it's like two hats I'm wearing, you know? Um, but I, I do enjoy that. I kind of joke around a little bit and say that it's, I, I enjoy the new talent because it's 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 not that it's easy, it, there is a there is definitely a skill and it's definitely uh, hard to put together a good comedy show. So I don't want to belittle that but we have huge talent in New York and there's lots of talent and. Um, I find that like booking a show at West Side is like putting my hand into a jar of jelly beans and I just have to make sure that they're all different colors. you know, or it's more like going into Bergdorf Goodman and coming out with a good outfit. It's kind of hard not to, right? (laughs) Talent, new talent is like walking into forever 21 and coming out with an awesome outfit. You know, I got to pick through and find like what the good jewels are and putting it together in a certain way. So, you know, it's a little bit more challenging and I enjoy that challenge. Um, And I love, I love working with new talent. So I'm, I'm hesitant to give it up because it's really the part of the job I love the most.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's so great, and it's also with the whole energy of like the feedback mics at FCA. It was actually one of the last mics I went to before everything closed. <laughs> <on that laughs> F- Comedy mic, and I think it was my first time I had been there. And I thought the feedback element was so great. I was like, this is amazing. <sighs> I have more like things are actually getting better.
1: Well, it's funny. I don't think, I don't know why, but everyone always says it was like the nicest mic in New York. And I think it's, I think it's my mother. Like people, some people call me their momager. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I kind of run my mics. Like I run like my household and it's like, I, I'm like strict about people staying and and I wanted it to be a community. And I think people feel really welcome and they stay at the mics. Whereas if you go to most mics in New York, people are coming in and out and leaving. And yeah. and uh, and people we all got to know each other and we all got to know each other's style and what we do. And it was so much more helpful that way Like we, when a new person would come in and give feedback. And they would ask something I'd be like, Oh no, no, we know her. It's okay. But that's, you know,
0: huh. <laughs>
1: it's like, oh, we know, we know her whole backstory. We've been doing this for two years. And uh, so it was like a family. And that's why the F is like, that's why I stuck with it. Cause it could be like family, funny, fuck it. You know, yeah. was, is, this a, is this a PG podcast? Did I just ruin it for you guys?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have no rules here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But um, yeah, so I do I do like that camaraderie. And, And, you know, even though people say comedy is, you know, you're out there by yourself, and it's just you, it could be, it could be a team sport. Yeah. And that's what I like F comedy is. It's us. We're all working together as a team. So we all succeed.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome um i love we love that energy um so (laughs) you talk a lot about being a booker and your time as like with new talent a lot of our listeners are you know young up-and-coming comedians do you have anything that you like specifically look out for as a booker or like anything that you're like absolutely don't do this if you want to appear to be good or (laughs) anything for yeah just like what have you learned what are what can you share for people looking to get booked places
1: um well i I find you know a lot of people don't reach out enough and i'm going to regret this because i'm probably going to get a lot of people (laughs) reaching out to me now (laughs) but um you know i'm always impressed and you have to do this carefully when people come to the club and just introduce themselves to me um hi i'm felicia you know really love your club and just but not take up too much of my time like people come and they want to talk to me for an hour and i'm trying to run the club just come show face sit there support the club just seeing a face a couple of times um is it makes you familiar to me and makes you supportive to the club so when i have things that i if i do need to like fill a spot or throw someone up i'm going to throw the person up that i know is supporting me the most and is there for me the most not the person that's just always asking and, and walking away um you know coming to the mics that i that i run i get to meet you i get to see your comedy um and sending tapes and just making sure that the tape's a good tape um, I get tons of tape submissions, and I would say I get through 15 seconds of most of them. So if you're going to send me something, make sure those 15 seconds count. You know, don't put the intro that the host is introducing you. I don't give a shit. I know who you are. You sent me the video with your name. I know it's you. <laughs> uh, don't, don't start with, hey, how you doing? You just wasted 10 seconds of your 15 seconds to impress me. And if there's not a joke within the first 15, 20 seconds, I'm not listening to the rest of it. <laughs> so if you want me to get past that 15 seconds, you have to have 15 seconds with lots of funny things up front and good quality that I could hear and that I could see, not it blocked by someone and I'm like, who is that in the background? Is, is this even a club? And it is better if it's at it is better if it's at a club. Um, so if, you know, that's the other good thing about Westside is you could film your sets at a club, do it wherever you want. Um, if you have a great set somewhere else, I won't hold that against you. Um, but yeah, make yourself present and um, send a tape if you think you have a good one, ask for any feedback or advice and don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the worst thing you could do is even if you're a really good, well-established comedian is be like, how come I didn't get a spot or how can I get a spot or can you put me up? I mean, I make yourself known, make yourself so that I see you. I know who you are. And if I have a spot, I will do my best if I think you're ready. And if I don't think you're ready, I'll say, I don't think you're ready and give you advice and um, put you up.
0: Nice. That's all. So um, it's so interesting to hear. Cause every, everything you've said is also so, doable if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and i just like from theater school also there's like there's so many things when you're performing you can't control you can't control if you're right you can't control like what's happening in there but the things you can control are like your tape looks good you're professional like these are like control the controllable things and it's interesting to hear that that same advice like obviously it holds true but it's so
1: yeah i mean the other interesting thing is um you know, which I which would be good advice to young people, is someone, someone said to me is like, the difference between A material and B material. Um, and if you're gonna send a tape, or like when I auditioned for the comic strip, I did all the material that was me, that like no one else could do. It's never been heard and it's never been done. And you can't get, you know, Carly, you couldn't get up there and do it because it wouldn't be relevant to you. Mm-hmm. So be material is okay if you have like a long set and want to do like a 20 30 minute set but if you really want to impress someone um, you have to have material that's unique and different that I've never heard before like if you're going to send me a tape with 23 and me and covid jokes and you know dating <laughs> app jokes I'm going to be like you know been there done that um, so it's important to find you know one thing that everyone says is like no one can, no one else can be you you know, unfortunately, I'm a white woman. So there are a lot of people that could be me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the more unique and more different you are, like I remember one of my classes I was in um, when I was starting out, there was a female comedian from Siberia. <laughs> like, I don't know any comedians from Siberia. So everything she does or says is going to be interesting and unique. So it's a little bit more challenging for the people that aren't with that built-in uniqueness to come up with... Jokes that are different and unique.
0: Totally. Then that makes so much sense, also, because it's like, because if only you can do it, it's like, oh, well, we need the thing that's different that only you can do. But I... yeah.
1: <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. Um, but I think just, you know, keeping at it, working at it. And you know, the other thing that I find a lot of young comics have is a lot of confidence in themselves. (laughs) You know, and and I I feel for them because I was in that boat also. Because when you go on stage and you do like a new talent show or whatever, uh, and you kill and you get lots of laughter and you think, oh my God, i am my Netflix special is like gonna be next year. (laughs) Like, Put me up, how come I'm not being booked? Everyone's like, how come I'm not being booked? And you know, I tell people when they come in, it's like, the one thing that I do on my my new talent shows is I mix in uh, established comedians with them and you can tell the difference right away um, in a lot of ways. One, it's the decibel of laughter and the frequency of laughter changes. You know, a newer comic, you'll get laughs, but they won't fill the room the way as a more professional comic does. They won't be as f- more frequent as. Um, a more professional comic and the more professional comic also knows how to deal with so many different situations not all the crowds are going to be the same you're going to run into crowds you know everyone always used to say there's no such thing as a bad audience But I went to see Gary Goldman once speak and he said yeah you know what there is such a thing as bad audiences I do the same routine I go to different places and they they people react differently and as a new comic um you need to deal with that. I just, for instance, two weeks ago, went back to West Side. I hadn't performed in a while, and I wasn't sure if I was going to perform, and I decided last minute just to go up, and I killed. Kill. It was like the best set of my life. So I went back this week, and I wore the same outfit, the same thing, had the same energy, the same routine. I was so excited, and I bombed <laughs> big time. <laughs> and you, But you learn from that. You learn from each experience, and as a new comic, you need to f- – you know, like I'll have people get off stage and say, oh, my God, that's such a bad audience. But then I'll see a professional go up and the, the decibel laughter won't be as high as they usually get, but they're able to work the crowd and get it happening. So my advice would be to be patient. It's, it's a process. You have to go through it. You have to get up on stage as much as possible to experience much as possible so you could be strong like really strong and I hate telling people you know they're not ready Um, I do try to give as many comedians as I can a chance on my stage I don't have a lot of shows and a lot of spots so not a lot of them available but just keep working and trying to be as unique and different as you can be
0: that's awesome yeah such helpful advice um (laughs) unfortunately, we are coming up on the end of our podcast. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. But um before we close out, is there anything you'd like to promote or if people loved hearing you on our podcast as much as we have, where can they find you to, you know, follow your career? Um yeah, where can we find well, you?
1: Well, um- I have a website, which I haven't been updating that much because I've been so busy with Westside, but FeliciaMadison.com. I'm on Instagram, FeliciaMadisonComedian and Twitter. Um, I'm full-time working at Westside Comedy Club. We're opening up this week, full-time Wednesday to Saturday, full lineups, shows every night, Wednesday. We're going to still stay close Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, F Comedy is up and running, F Comedy Club dot com, Westside Comedy Club.com. We're running classes and mics and new talent shows every Saturday at five o'clock. Um so if you're a new talent and you want to take a class or want to do a show, uh you get a good tape that you could send without any uh how are you introductions if you don't have one. Yeah. And come check out our shows and always I always ask people I have F Comedy Club as a group on Facebook and I'm usually, if there's like someone coming and I have some, i like to have some comics come and comp them in, I post it there and DM me and I put you on the guest list. Um, but feel free to come by, say hi, um, introduce yourself, but just briefly and come hang out at shows if there's time so I get to get to know you and it's a familiar face. I see a lot of people, a lot of faces, a lot of names. It's it's hard. And I do, I unlike some people, and I think each booker is different, so I would make sure before you start doing anything that you, you know, find out what their personal style and philosophy is. I, I meet so many people and I just like, you know, I, I need repeat visits to have it go into my, stick into my old brain. <laughs> so, so you might come one time and come the second time and I'll have no idea who you are, but by the third or fourth time, I think maybe I'll remember you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, well thank you so much for coming on
1: well, thank you for having me and i'm looking forward to meeting you in person katherine
0: yes and seeing
1: and seeing you again carly at the f comedy mix.
0: yes absolutely
1: thank you for listening to laughing your mask off
0: if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and leave a good review to keep up with our hosts follow katherine at katherine.cowen and carly at carly palestina on instagram see you next week